A 6.3 magnitude earthquake has struck Syria and Turkey, which are still devastated from an earthquake earlier this month. Reem Connor, a Syrian woman who lives in Stratford, Connecticut, is on the ground in Turkey. She says she's there to provide relief to a community of terrified but brave survivors. Connor says the worst destruction she saw was in Antakya. The whole town is on the ground. The buildings that are still standing, they're definitely not going to make it. They're actually declared that it's going to be leveled and they're going to rebuild the city on a different plan. Connor says the best way to support Turkey and Syria right now is through monetary donations to organizations like Olive Branch, a nonprofit focused on providing long-term relief. You're listening to After All Things, WSHU's daily news update from the Connecticut, New York region. Bridgeport needs more federal funding to complete a storm resiliency project. New research in Connecticut takes a look at unconscious bias in emergency rooms. And the New York State Senate has, for the first time ever, rejected a governor's choice for chief judge. So what happens now? Those stories and more are coming up. I'm Sabrina Garone. Funding issues have delayed Bridgeport's plans to protect the city's south end from flooding for more than seven years. Now leaders are hopeful that another federal grant could be on the way. WSHU's Molly Ingram has the story. The project is called Resilient Bridgeport. It was created after flooding from Superstorm Sandy devastated the south end in 2012. The city already has $40 million for the project, but state officials say they need an additional $47 million to complete it. An application was submitted to the federal government for the money. Officials hope to receive a decision by summer. Resilient Bridgeport would build a network of water pumping stations, flood walls, and raised streets. Advocates and legislators say they remain skeptical of the project's completion. Molly Ingram, WSHU News. New studies by Connecticut emergency room doctors suggest that race may be a factor in whether a patient is restrained in the ER. WSHU's Shelley Hassman-Kadish reports. Dr. Ambrose Wong, assistant professor of emergency medicine at the Yale School of Medicine, tells Hearst Connecticut Media that statistics compiled by emergency room doctors show you are more likely to be chemically or physically restrained if you're poor, black, and male. Wong says this doesn't mean ER doctors are consciously biased. He theorizes that part of the problem may be structural racism. That means certain groups of people may come to the ER more often because of lack of access to health care and social services. The Department of Health Equity at Yale New Haven Health is responsible for taking such data and working to alter those practices within the hospital. A state law passed in 2021 requires health care providers to collect this data from patients. Shelley Hasman Kadish, WSHU News. A recent surge in whale deaths off the New York, New Jersey coastline sparked protests on World Whale Day yesterday. Hundreds of environmentalists and residents gathered on Point Pleasant Beach in New Jersey to call for a federal investigation to find the cause of death for over 10 whales since December 1st. Cindy Ziff is the executive director of Clean Ocean Action, a nonprofit marine science group. She says they're worried about the impact that offshore wind projects might have on the whale population. When the whales started dying, they really sent a message to all of us 
an whether it's an alarm or an omen, however you want to look at like a call for help, um, they've sent the message loud and strong. The event came just two days after a whale washed ashore on a beach in Far Rockaway, New York. A necropsy shows broken bones and deep cuts from being hit by a boat. The region offshore has undergone surveys for offshore wind turbines, and the port of New York, New Jersey, is also among the busiest shipping canals in the country. Governor Holkel has to come up with a new nominee for New York's chief judge after her first choice officially got rejected last week. More on that after headlines and a message from our supporter. Support for After All Things comes from Hartford HealthCare. More COVID vaccine answers at hartfordhealthcare.org vaccine or 833-621-0600. Long Island will host its first ever spring wild turkey hunting season in May. Turkeys were reintroduced to the island in the 90s after disappearing in the 19th century due to deforestation. The State Department of Environmental Conservation estimates that more than 3,000 turkeys roam Long Island today. Environmental officials are monitoring reports of sooty matter being found on parked cars throughout Connecticut. They say it's unclear what exactly was falling from the sky or why, but it hadn't led to unhealthy air quality. There had been reports of moderate amounts of fine particles in the air from air quality monitors in the Northeast. In New York, an investigation is underway into an unusual odor in the Hudson Valley. Nassau University Medical Center has received the largest single share of close to $40 million in state grants for Long Island. More than $16 million will be going to the public health care system in Nassau. The money will be used for new programs and important updates for sites within the health care system. Nassau University Medical Center has experienced an operating loss of over $100 million in the last two years. Now that the New York State Senate has, for the first time ever, rejected a governor's choice for chief judge, Governor Hochul will have to choose a new nominee and convince the Senate to agree with her choice. The issue is still simmering as the governor and legislature engage in their biggest task of the year, agreeing on a $227 billion state budget. Karen DeWitt has more. Ever since the Senate Judiciary Committee rejected Governor Hochul's choice for the next chief judge, Hector LaSalle, Hochul had insisted that the Constitution requires a vote of all 63 senators, not just a single committee. On February 15th, Hochul finally got her way. The entire Senate voted on LaSalle, and he lost again. 39 senators, virtually all Democrats, voted against him, and just 20 voted in favor, mostly Republicans. It was a rebuke to Hochul from members of her own party who believed that LaSalle was too conservative to hold the post. The governor tried to put a positive spin on it, saying that she was victorious in winning a full up-or-down vote on her nominee. Have the advice and consent of the Senate, not simply a committee, which was the position that was held by everybody else, 
uh, up until today. So I think this is a good outcome to at least let it get to the floor of the Senate. The dispute comes as the governor and legislature face an April 1 deadline to agree on a new state budget. They have just six weeks to work on a spending plan. Hochul, speaking on WAMC's Capital Connection, says she won't let the fight stand in the way. I'm very able to compartmentalize different issues. I've been in this business a long time. I've had to work with you know, people throughout life who've uh, not necessarily agreed with me on every issue. And, but there's other issues where you find common interests. The governor says she wants to change the culture in Albany, and she doesn't plan to hold a grudge. She describes her relationship with Senate leader Andrea Stork-Cousins as friendly. She says they met for nearly two hours before the vote was held to talk about budget priorities. Stork-Cousins agrees that the fight over the chief judge is not interfering with work on the budget and other issues. And she says the confirmation process is more fraught with tension because of recent decisions by the U.S. Supreme Court, including ones that rescinded abortion rights and struck down New York's gun safety laws that deal with the carrying of concealed weapons. Everybody is paying attention, riveted, to who's sitting in these seats, who's sitting in the judiciary, who's making these decisions. So it was not inappropriate for us, with the eyes of the nation and the eyes of the state on us, to look for a nominee that was able to lead the court in this really, really critical time. Hochul says she will now begin the nomination process all over again. She'll request a new list of nominees from the state's Judicial Nominating Commission. Democratic senators who opposed LaSalle have said they want the governor to choose someone that they believe will uphold liberal values and protect society's most vulnerable. Senate leader Stuart Cousins says whomever Hochul chooses will, like LaSalle, face scrutiny from the Senate. She says the times require senators to set a high bar and that they are seeking a visionary leader to head the courts. Somebody who comes with those sorts of uh, credentials and the kind of vision that is in sync with what we need, as well as the leadership qualities, as well as the management qualities, people will be open and receptive. Stuart Cousin says this time she wants to get it done. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. For the latest news from Long Island and Connecticut, you can listen on the radio or anytime online at WSHU.org or with the WSHU app. After All Things is supported by Hartford HealthCare. And just like everything else you hear on WSHU, this podcast is also made possible with the generous support of our listeners. So if you like what you hear, consider making a donation or even becoming a member. All the information is there for you on our website. I'm Sabrina Garone. Have a great rest of your evening. We'll talk tomorrow.